know someone who has. Which makes me wonder if I could. Which makes me wonder if I ever had to knock on wood. But I'm glad I haven't yet. Because I'm sure it isn't good. You gonna finish the song? That's the impression that I get. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I, I guess we can we can do a little podcast. Um. Well, yeah. What do you? <clears throat> I'm gonna do a bunch of scripture this time. What you What you gonna do? I'm gonna be a biblicist. I'm gonna be a biblicist for this episode. What? How could you be a biblicist? We're only we only have four verses. You gonna start it? I'm gonna start it. I started it last time with that uh, hello coronavirus. Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> All right, podcasters, this is the Uncultured Saints uh, coming at you in the midst of uh, the coronavirus week two of social distancing. I am Pastor Harrison Goodman in San Antonio, and joining me this day is Pastor Eli Leitzow in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. That's um, true. I'm. I'm in the office uh, in a clerical, uh, sitting at a table, uh, very uh, professional <laughs> and dignified. Uh, Pastor Harrison. I, I'm the opposite uh, of every one of those things. It's not in the office. Um. <laughs> he's in a t-shirt that I think he's worn for three straight days, and he's sitting in bed. That's correct. I'm social distancing, <laughs> and now you're caught up um, as to where we are. Um I'm, I'm social distancing. That's, uh, I'm going into the office well, next week for this, though, because the, the equipment is just not cooperating. You, you but uh, we're, we're going to do our best here this funny week. Funny thing. Funny thing. Is it? Uh, so Social. Though, hold on. Is it actually no, it funny or do you think it's no, funny? No, hold on. Okay. Social distancing doesn't mean uh, that you can't take a shower. Just, just a heads up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 shower, I showered today. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. This, this, I hate coronavirus. It's the worst. Everything's weird now. Yeah. Man, I hope, I hope when people are listening to this, uh, it's, it's not this crazy. I don't, the, the longer I go about this, I think, uh, the, the, there's not going to be a magic pill at the end of this. No, it's just going to have to play itself out, I think. We're Um, not going to wake up in April. At the end of April, and say, "Oh, good, we kicked that." It's uh, it's changing the way that we do everything, and I think it's going to. It'll get back to normal. I, I'm 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 predicting it now. Are you? Yeah, this, like a, yeah. This too shall pass. Okay. Well, this too shall pass doesn't mean it'll get back to normal. It means that maybe there'll be a there'll there'll be a new normal. Or are you are you Benny Hinn? No. You're Benny Hinning this thing, and you're making a. I, I'm I'm not. I'm not vision casting it or anything, but but I think once uh, once once we sort of get through the worst of the the spread of the pandemic, now nah, people get to be together again, and uh, churches will get to worship again. We'll get to to celebrate the sacrament um, uh, on a much more regular and, and uh, well normal basis. Um, th- these things will pass. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Everything's going to be okay. I think it's going to be uh, we we've the the memes during the the pandemic have been a lot of fun, but I am looking forward to to just sort of remembering because like every time you know we we, we think that uh, the last year was as bad as they can get something new happens, so I, I'm looking forward to the 2021 memes that that say guys remember how great the coronavirus was. 
You're giving us all a little bit of hope there. I like it. That's that's what I, I that's what I do. Don't, um, don't worry, don't worry, folks. Twenty twenty only twenty twenty one will be worse. <laughs> uh, come here, Jesus. <laughs> oh goodness, that is awesome. Uh, so, what are we talking about today, other than the coronavirus yeah. and uh, my hygiene habits? Yeah, those are two. Those are two awful things. Um, <laughs> Just the worst. <laughs> we are doing Matthew. Right, we're we're doing the the parables. We're on number three. How many of the have we, have we done four episodes now? Three. I think this is the third. No. This is the third parable. We started off with what are parables? Remember all your laws? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're your right. Law, all your my laws. laws. Can we go over my laws? Your laws about the gospel? I don't know. Yeah, go over your laws while I'm trying to find out uh, where we're at, and so I can read that. We'll be reading uh, Matthew chapter uh, thirteen, uh, verses forty-four to fifty today. Um, while pastor, no, I found it. Now I'm just waiting for you to do the laws. Oh, all right. So, so when when we're doing parables again, just a reminder. Um, there there are four laws to understand the gospel and the parables. There there are four ways that we read the parables, so that um, in doing so, we we actually um hear them as our Lord would intend. Because remember, he he tells you that that he gives the parables which contain the sing, the kingdom of God, um, so that the believers would wrestle with them, and so that the unbelievers would be confused. That that hearing they would not understand. Um, so you as a believer then know how to read the Bible. Um, it's the same as anywhere else. First and foremost, the Bible is about Jesus, not you. Um, so if you've done this whole thing and you've, you've found Jesus just sort of as a secondary player or not at all, you're doing the parable wrong. Um, second, the, the parables don't contradict the rest of the scriptures, uh, which is actually going to be the one that we're going to be looking at today. Um, if your understanding of the parable goes against the clear word of God, you're doing it wrong. Start over. Um, when you want to start to figure out the, the parables, uh, look for the weird thing. And a lot of times that'll start to unlock how God's kingdom is working because God's ways are different from our ways. And then the last law to understand the gospel, thank yes. you, is um, I'm glad that you you gave that thing for us. Uh, don't push these analogies too far. All of them will actually fall apart sooner or later. So so look for Jesus and, and find peace. That's, that's the parables. There. Perfect. Four laws to understanding the gospel. Man, just how we do. No, that's how you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. So if you uh, got your uh, your Bibles at home, uh, again, we are going to do uh, Matthew chapter 13, 44 through 50. Uh, it's shorter than the last two. And yet you get three parables uh, for the price of one week. So that's good. Or not. Uh, a threefer. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, we begin here, reading out of the ESV. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age, and the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There you go. Bummer. 
So, uh, yeah, maybe we can or you can explain why we're we're adding the parable of the net to the first two. The first two make sense. They, they kind of go together. Some say that they're almost the exact same parable. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. There's a lot of similarities, right? Yeah. Um, I, I like that the parable of the net is, is thrown in there um, because it, it shows the actor, um, which tends to actually set apart the way that, that most people want to handle the, the two parables before that. Um, in that, well, we make it about our favorite subject, which is ourselves, um, over and over again, um, which, which violates the first two laws to understanding the gospel. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> beating that dead horse. Um, so so the, the parable of the nets, it, it shows God, God's kingdom at work. It shows the angels separating um, the, the sheep from the goats on the last day. It shows uh, God gathering in his kingdom at the end of the age. Um, and and it also does show condemnation apart from apart from help in the gospel. Um, to understand that, it makes the other two parables a lot easier. So you're saying you should work backwards? I mean, if you want to understand uh, the first two parables, then uh, maybe the the third is the the way to go, or, or that's kind of helping us along the way. I'm saying that it's a pretty big clue that this isn't going to be about us because you're not the angels that will be doing those things. So when we grab them, they're, they're each one verse, and so they're, they're two parables we can almost do hand in hand together. So the kingdom of, of heaven is like a, a treasure hidden in a field, and a man found it, covered it up. Um, and in his joy, he sold everything he has, and he buys that field. Uh, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding the pearl of great value went and sold all he had and bought it. And we love to make this about ourselves and say, you know, like, what would you give to Jesus, right? Like, like, if you really love Jesus, would, wouldn't you give him everything? Well, and so this is, this is the difficulty of, of this parable. And again, so when we're, when we're hearing it uh, just rationally, this is, it sounds as if this is exactly what uh, we're told to do. It sounds as if this is, this is almost a law kind of uh, given to us. Maybe prescriptive, maybe descriptive, I don't know. But it's, it's setting out. It's like Jesus is the one talking. He's saying there's... A treasure he's saying there's a great pearl uh, and that uh, somebody should go and do everything that they can to get that it it makes complete and perfect 100 percent uh, sense that I would be the one doing that yeah how much are you tithing <laughs> um, that's none of your business Pastor Harrison. Uh -huh. So if you want to make <laughs> Goodman, if you want to make this uh, about you, um, we, we can ask that question. Fine. If you really want to make this about yourself, um, I, I, the average person tithes, what, like 2%, maybe? Um, the, the, the man sells all that he has to buy the field. And so we, we always want to make this about well, ourselves. But maybe that's just metaphorical there, Pastor Goodman. Uh, maybe he, uh, he doesn't mean that obviously we're not going to be destitute, right? We're, he's not asking us to be like the monks and sell everything that we have and give to the poor and, and live a life of complete and utter, uh, uh, depravity, but come on, we should do something if we're Christians, uh, if we love Jesus as much as we say we, we do, uh, we should certainly do something for him, right? Sacrifice something for him. That's a really great way of sort of drawing a line on how much you want to sacrifice, too. I, I, I appreciate how you both said you want to do work, but not too much work, um, all in one breath. That, that's a great way that, that we would try and justify ourselves by the law. Um, doesn't Jesus tell us no one can serve two masters? Uh, he'll either hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Oh, I'm pretty good at it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I practice that every day. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I mean, but this is this is all of us. Um, there, there was a, a rich man who had the same thought in, in mind. Um, to to go again from the Gospel of Matthew, the the clear word of God that's going to help us start to pick apart the parable. Go to Matthew chapter nineteen, verses sixteen to twenty-four. Uh, Behold, a man came up to Jesus, saying, "Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life?" And he said to him, "What do you ask me about? What's good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter eternal life, keep the commandments." And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, you shall love your neighbors yourself. And the young man said, I'm great at serving both God and money. I can have money and all these I have kept. I added a little bit in there, but still. Uh, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Come and follow me. See, this parable is about us. And when the young man heard this, he went away <laughs> sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with great difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When, when you want to try and find the balance of both, that's going to go poorly. Jesus isn't saying that only poor people get to go to heaven. He's saying that we're not as good at balancing this thing out as, as we actually think we are. And so we're convinced that we can both love God and money. We're, we're convinced that, that we can sort of hold room for both in our hearts, that, you know, God wants our sacrifice, but not like all of it. Um, but at the end of the day, what we really find then is a whole bunch of stuff we end up trying to keep back from God who gave it to us in the first place. We end up with, with this, this part of our, our heart, our life, our, our, our justification that's on us. And that goes against the parable, which says they, the man sold all that he had to buy the field. If you want to make this about you, the law will condemn you. But I don't think this is about you. I think this is about Jesus. Well, okay, but I'm, I'm going to keep pushing because we've all heard sermons uh, preached. Uh, maybe we've preached them ourselves. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not. But we've all heard sermons preached, Bible studies done. Uh, I'll tell you the first time I ever read this uh, by myself, I, I, I'm sure that I heard it in such a way of, uh, what am I going to do for Jesus? And there is a certain extent of, you just said, how much do you tithe? Okay, well, let's let's play this out. There is something that God asks us to do. I mean, there is a tithing. There is uh, serving our neighbor. There is doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, so how how come that has nothing to do with this parable? How, how come Jesus isn't using this parable to urge us to do to do that to be better at that because those are good things oh they're absolutely good things but jesus says this is what the kingdom of heaven is like um mm. not like this is how you get to the kingdom of heaven this is what the kingdom of heaven is like which means this is god's kingdom in action you're not going to get to god's kingdom through the law by works of the law no one will be saved for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god if, if you want to say, how do you get to the kingdom of heaven and then put it on your works, you get to this really awkward point where, yes, you, you should tithe. Um, we're, we're, it, it, the, the catechism itself in the table of duty says it'd be great if you didn't starve your pastor. It, it'd be great if you gave to support your church so that they could do acts of mercy in your community. Um, and you are called to love and serve your neighbor. Money isn't a bad thing either, by the way. God gave you money. It, it's a good gift of his creation. The problem is that we always take God's good gifts of creation and say, these are our new gods. Fair enough. <laughs> look, look for God's kingdom in action, and then the rest of the scriptures actually tell you what God's kingdom looks like. Um, if you want to know who's buying who, uh, doesn't 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tell us, for you were bought with a price, for gl so glorify God in your body. 
Um, I'm not saying don't do good works. Do good works, but only recognize that the source of all of this good is the one who does good through you. You were bought with a price. The one who sold everything that he had is Jesus. Hear First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot. He sold everything that he had. He even gave his life for you. You were ransomed with the very blood of God. Jesus gave up everything to, to redeem, to ransom, to purchase you. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, that you would be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. If you're having to set aside your whole catechism, the rest of the scriptures, so that you can love Jesus by giving him stuff, um, you're doing it wrong. Just take a breath. And then and then you can hold two things in, in your head at the same time. That, that tithing is good. It's not starving your pastor? Great having works of mercy in your community, good. None of those need to save you because none of those are what the kingdom of heaven looks like. The kingdom of heaven looks like Jesus dying for you. So when we, and again, I mean, this is part of your rules for the gospel. Um, laws. <laughs> laws, sorry. Yeah, this may get a little bit more concrete. Laws for the gospel. But so when we're looking at all these parables, when we're, we're understanding these, um, again, we shouldn't be the, the actors, uh, if, if somebody is is somebody is doing action, uh, I want to say always. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I want to say always. Uh, it's it's Jesus who's doing the action. It's God who's at work, right? We're 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 in most parables, uh, but we're passively in the parables, or we're the ones doing the bad stuff, right? We're we're yeah. the ones uh, throwing our throwing our neighbors in prison because they didn't uh, pay back the debt, right? But what's, what's really cool, though, as much as we're sinners in this parable, what you are, sinner that you are, is the treasure. Yeah. You're something so valuable to God, he would give up everything. No, and that's the strange thing, right? Uh, so you've got this treasure. I, I want to, and maybe this means nothing, but maybe it does. Because what's, what's the weird thing? Is, what do you see as the weird thing in these two? The fact that he sells everything? I mean, that's weird. Um, it's, it's unethical, at least. Like, he finds a treasure in somebody else's field. He doesn't tell him about it. And, and then he tries to buy it on the low. Yeah, um, he, he buries he buries <laughs> the treasure in somebody else's land. And then he doesn't tell anybody about it. And says, hey, uh, take some money. I want, your, I want your land. He says nothing about the treasure. He goes and buys the land. <laughs> that's pretty messed up, yeah. That's strange, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost like God saw you in the kingdom of the devil and uh, wanted to take you back from him so much that he would pay the price of, of your not fulfilling the law for you so that the devil would have nothing left to accuse you Wait of. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So so the gospel isn't uh, necessarily uh, fair? Is that what you're saying? Like, I'm saying, oh, fair is antithetical to the gospel. <laughs> fair is the enemy of good. Fair is what we settle for because we can't even fathom good anymore. That's how fallen we are. We, we don't care about good. We just want fair. Like, like honestly, fair goes against so many of the commandments. Um, read Luther's explanation to the, the catechism, um, to the commandments, and, and you hear him over again, over and over again, telling you, care about your neighbor. Um, so, so for the seventh commandment, you shall not steal. We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but instead help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. But the thing is, you have kids and I have kids, and, and so so as soon as you split a cookie in half, what are they worried about? Which half is bigger? 
And if somebody else has the bigger half, I want to take it from them yeah. in the name of fairness. That's theft. Thou shalt not steal. Fair is the enemy of good. Good. What, what's, what's fair about Jesus being punished for the stuff that you did? Well, that's the whole point. Like, like I was saying, the, the gospel, uh, we're not talking about fair. We're not even... I think I'm okay saying this. We're not even talking about just, right? We're, we're talking about something that is, is different than those. We're talking about something that, uh, it, that works on grace and works on mercy. It doesn't work on uh, uh, correctness. It doesn't work on what is fair. Uh, I, I don't want God to be fair with me. I hope he's not. Otherwise, yeah. I'm in trouble. That's, that's kind of the last thing that I want is, is stop, Corona. Uh, that's the last thing that I want is God to be, God to be fair with me. Um, I don't have the coronavirus. I like uh, the fact that you were saying here, um, yeah, he, he goes and does something underhanded uh, in, in order to buy this treasure, right? He does something that is, is not fair not not right doesn't to it's good it's it's good it's good um it's ultimately good right and and that's what he does for us as well because the law says the law the law says we weren't good we didn't deserve any sort of salvation we didn't earn it and then the gospel comes along and says nah jesus did it for you he found you as a treasure found you as a pearl of great price that's the one I like too. Uh, we've got some small little nuances in both of these, right? So the parable of the treasure, he's just walking along and he finds it um, and then he buries it. And so I think maybe the thing we can get out of that one is, is this underhanded sort of dealing thing. Uh, but I, I like the, uh, the pearl of great value uh, is you've got the, the merchant actively seeking out this pearl. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, He's yeah. he's out there in the marketplace trying to find this pearl, and as soon as he finds it, he just says, "Here, take all my money, everything." So God didn't stumble coincidentally upon us. Um, he he was out seeking the lost all along. It's almost like he's a good shepherd or something. That that's why something, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just is that in the Bible there somewhere yeah. in the back? I don't know. It's somewhere near the back, I think. Yeah. But yeah. No, it's 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 a beautiful sort of thing. Uh, going back to the first one, uh, since you're kind of driving uh, this week's episode, uh, before before we jump to the to the net, and maybe this will lead us into the net. I don't know. Um, but what do we say about the the burying in the field? Like that's an interesting thing. Like the 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 treasure was just sitting there. Uh, like it it doesn't seem as if he needed to bury it. He could have just said, Hey, I want this field. And then the, he gets the treasure. He's doing some burying of this. I, I, can we, can we yeah, say it's, it? It's almost like he's going to have to go and dig it back out of the grave. Um, th there's, there's a wonderful painting um, by, by Ed Riojas, um, uh, which is just this. It, it's, it's Jesus pulling out a casket from a tomb. He, he's unburying the, the treasure hidden in the field. At the bottom of that painting, uh, it's this verse. Yeah. Yeah, that, that we're united to Jesus through death and resurrection. That the way to get closer to God's kingdom isn't just to live a really nice life and give everything. It's to die and rise again. It is to be buried with Christ in the waters of your baptism and so also united with him in his resurrection. Um, and, and this is a wonderful thing uh, in the midst of, of 
the pandemic that we're in and and honestly in whatever other crisis is happening by the time you listen to this because i'm sure there'll be one uh death and resurrection is the way the scriptures work and so if there's death and destruction and despair this is where god is working to pull us out of the grave all right so does that does that move us into the parable of the net because the parable of the net, like you said, we, we've got angels there, right? Jesus, uh, he again kind of describes what's going on uh, at the very end. He'll just give us like a, a one little verse of an explanation of that parable. He's pointing out the end of the age here, um, that that the kingdom of heaven is, is finally going to be gathered. And this this sort of harkens back to what we did last time with the uh, the gathering in of, of the wheat and the tares, um, that, that there, every kind of fish will be gathered in on the last day and then the good will be sorted from the bad and we want to put ourselves in the good by our works every time uh but that's not going to go well is it no i i wouldn't think so it usually doesn't um i mean at least based on the last two because if, if this is about giving all you have to to follow jesus and buying him the the prep the pearl uh you don't tithe enough if this, however, is him uh, purchasing you, not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood, well, then you, sinner, you are good because God made you good. You are good because God washed you and, and cleansed you and gave you a new identity. You're good because he says you're so good that he's going to pay for you. Uh, going back real quick um, yeah. to the uh, to the the parable, the two parables beforehand. Um, do you have any idea? Uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble for this. Do you have any idea what uh, what hymn uh, is uh, um, offered from the hymn selection guide in the LSB to sing as the hymn of the day when this uh, comes up in the lectionary? I don't. What is it? Jesus Priceless Treasure. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing. I remember my first uh, my first time getting this. Uh, uh, getting this uh, text, and I was going to be able to preach You're it. So excited, and yeah! I was so excited, and and I just, you know, I w- I wasn't even thinking about the hymns. I just went straight with that hymn selection guide. Just put down the numbers, handed them in like four weeks beforehand. Didn't even think about it, and I got this sermon that's going to be everything about uh, uh, the sinner being the priceless treasure. The sinner is the one, uh, and Jesus is the one who gives everything out. And then right before that, the hymn of the day. Jesus, priceless treasure. I, maybe it, I, I've never done that. Um, maybe it's on purpose. Um, <laughs> maybe See, every time I thought I was just like, nah, the nah, yeah, no, that, nah, hard pass. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that, that um, it, it's a bad hymn. It might be. Um, but it, it's no, sure I think not when you actually the meaning of the text. When you actually look at the yeah, when you actually look at the text, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, but uh, it's not this text. That first that well yeah, and that first line, it just it just it screams against everything uh, that my sermon was going to be about and what the mm-hmm. text is about, I believe. So, anyways, that's uh, that's a little bit of levity for uh, being in the middle of Corona as good as it's gonna get today folks that's <laughs> I, i'm i'm still waiting for a killer 90s reference um i, I don't, don't know. know i don't know if there's a wow. we, we talked ska beforehand yeah we did talk it's ska tough beforehand. that she 
you know, it's tough. Uh, I, I'm gonna be honest. It's tough to to shoehorn, uh, uh, you know, nineties well, references, eighties references into into a time where you you know you don't you don't have a lot of levity in your life. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of weird. These are dark days. I feel like it. I feel like a. I feel like a goth. <laughs> well, you're dressed in black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for folks listening now, that's that's emo culture. That's maybe, what I, maybe you're the real goth. Like. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Parable of the net. Uh, Don't disconnect it from the two parables right before it. That the union with Jesus through death and resurrection that makes us valuable. The 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 goodness and e- uh, the the value found in in well what he's willing to pay for it instead of your works um that that makes it a lot easier to figure out the good fish from the bad fish because worth is not determined on works it never is not nowhere in the entire world like even if it it is an actual treasure buried in the field so it's all diamonds in a in a chest buried out in the middle of a a a scenic field what do the diamonds do that make them worth so much it's just that people are willing to pay for them your worth isn't based on your works it's just based on what was paid for you you are worth the death of god yeah, you're worth what somebody is going to pay for you. And yeah, um, I like how this parable does speak about the universality of, of it, right? Gathers fish of every kind. Yeah. I mean, we are speaking about the end. We're, we're speaking about the last day. We're, we're, we're talking about the, the resurrection, um, which does play pretty good, I think, into that parable of the hidden treasure where Jesus is taking us out of the grave. Um, but... So for the good and for the bad, you said, uh, well, let me ask you this. How can, how can we take comfort in this? Because it does seem like it kind of ends on a, on a kind of a scary note, right? We've got the, uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth scene, right? Right. Done. Yeah. This is the gospel of the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do we how do we get comforted in that? And so then also you said don't don't take that away from the first two. Um, well, then how do we say? Well, wait a minute. Uh, we just talked about uh, Jesus uh, giving everything for uh, for the treasure. He finds me the sinner uh, as a priceless treasure. He finds me as a, a pearl of great price. Uh, and then uh, the next parable comes around, and I hear that uh, the angels are throwing. Uh, some of us into the fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right. Were we? Were were they not the, the the pearl? Were they not the treasure? What's going on? Don't disconnect this from the rest of the holy scriptures. Again, um, what if the goodness is found in your being united to Christ? Uh, so so righteousness isn't going to be found in our actions, but in Christ fulfilling the law for us. Uh, again, go to the book of Matthew, the third chapter. Uh, even now, John the Baptist says, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, but you come to me. And Jesus answered, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness that these two things are connected jesus fulfilling all righteousness in the waters of the jordan and well the righteous being gathered in while the unrighteous are 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 cast out um the weeping and gnashing of teeth is is not something even our lord wants 
there will still be those who, who reject him and his gift, who, who after being united to him, flee from him, who, who simply reject him altogether. Um, that, that's awful. That's, that's tragic. Uh, but if you want to start to define where righteousness comes from, it doesn't change from the rest of the scriptures. Righteousness is found in Jesus walking into the muck of the Jordan River to be baptized into our sin, to carry our sin onto the cross, to die for us, so that when we are baptized in, in the cleansing water of the Holy Spirit, uh, we are cleansed from our sin, we are united to his death and united to his resurrection. That, that um, good and bad simply are, are measured in whether or not Jesus is there. He died for all. He absolutely did. But he actually wants to deliver that salvation to you too. Um, and, and he does this through means. Uh, to, to, re to reject the means that, that God has promised to work through is to, well, not find God. Because, well, he's bound himself so that we can actually receive him, so that we actually know where to look for him. He's bound himself to water. He's bound himself to word. He's bound himself to, to bread and wine, to, to the preaching of us. He's, he's bound himself to these means so that we can actually know and find comfort in the fact that... that Yes, we are good, and yes, God has cleansed us, and yes, he has forgiven us. And that's not just for some people, that's for everyone. God would have all people hear this word. God would have all people receive this gift. Uh, it, it, woe to those who would flee from it, because, well, as it turns out, it's it's bad to be away from Jesus. Excuse me. There you go. Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's correct that, folks. Um, that, was a, that was a whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I caught it. Yeah, the, the salvation is in Christ. That's mm. all it is. Only in and he's, he's the Yeah. He's the one who's purchasing us. Not just us, like the saved. Uh, the world, right? Purchase us with his precious blood. The, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Uh, and yet, uh, unfortunately, there are going to be those who reject. Now, we have that reality here in, in this parable. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I, I do like the fact that we don't have to worry about that. That's not given to us to worry about, right? Right. Uh, it's not given to me to sit here and say, oh, yep, that guy, he's a bad fish, right? Right, which is our favorite trout. thing to do. <laughs> don't like it, trout. Hey, do you remember those singing trouts that, that you would hang on your wall, you would push the button? Yes, there. that was a good one. Don't worry, be happy. Right. It was don't worry, be happy. Well done. You brought it in there, Saved right? It. Yeah. All don't right. worry, be happy. Um, uh, hold on. Uh, no, let's keep going with that because Bobby okay. McFerrin. <laughs> there it is. Uh, when he did this, when he did this in the eighties, uh, do you know the entire song? Just listen to it. It's all a cappella. Yeah. There isn't a single. Uh, there isn't a single instrument in there. That's all him uh, doing that with his voice. It's pretty awesome. And then. He also uh, he also did a video, uh, and uh, who was in that video? Oh gosh, National Lampoon's guy, Chevy Chase. What's his name? Chevy Chase was in that video. It's pretty awesome. It was awesome. I'm really glad that we could revisit that piece of history together. No, just listen to "Don't Worry, Be Happy." It's awesome. I will, especially and, in these days. Yeah, you know what else? <laughs> Something interesting. Last thing, last thing with that. That okay. "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Yeah. Uh, is uh, uh, after it went giant, you know, success boom, multi-platinum. Right, right. Uh, Bobby McFerrin, uh, he, he hated that song so much that he refused to sing it for decades. And that's the only one that anybody ever wanted to hear him sing? Because he was, he was a jazz musician, that he, and all he did was acapella stuff, but he's a phenomenal jazz musician. You can YouTube some of his stuff. It's just beautiful. And then he does this one pop song, and he just goes crazy. And if there's anything that jazz people hate, it's pop music. 
And so, yeah, he was he was he was embarrassed by his own song. That's amazing. True story. Thanks for sharing that. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't Chevy Chase. It was uh, sorry. It was who was it? Um, why am I forgetting everybody's name? Late great. Uh, uh, hello. Oh, I can't remember what his name is. Sorry. I'll get back the to worst. you. Go on. Do you want to finish this? So, um, the the problem Robin with Williams. good and bad fish. Good deal. Robin Williams. There okay. It is. Nice. So, go ahead. The problem with the, the <laughs> I hate you so much. The problem with the good <laughs> and the bad fish around um is is honestly the problem every visible church has that that I look around inside my pews and I say some of y'all are actually sinners like not just sort of generic poor miserable sinners but I actually know which ones and it bothers me. Um, we 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 have trouble with with the idea that that um God would would keep us all together this is the same problem as the parable last time um but but over and over again he, he simply says don't worry about this um turn to me and i'll be the definition of what's good and i'll be the one who, who makes good um and, and there you can find abuse that doesn't negate a truth um there, there you can find sinners that can't uncrucify jesus there there you can find people who have yet to fulfill the law but the law is still fulfilled in christ um, when, when we go to the, the parable of the gnats, start with who Jesus is, and it makes the whole thing a lot less scary. Like, remember who he's talking to um, I- I inside of this. A- and again, it, it makes it a, a lot easier. Um, this is all part of a, a diatribe where he's talking to the disciples privately. Um, that means he's talking to those who are saved. He's talking to the faithful. He's talking to the believers. He's not threatening them. He, he's, he's just saying inside of me you don't have to worry about this apart from me it's going to go bad so so just rejoice in who you are you are the good fish because i have made you good um when when jesus is talking to the pharisees and he starts threatening them, understand that the, the threat of the law that comes with that but considering jesus is talking to to the disciples um who, who yes are struggling in faith all of them um but at the same time are, are, are receiving his gifts i don't think he means it as a threat he simply says, yes, in, until the end of the age, there will be the good along with the bad. Don't worry about it. Now, yeah. find me. Look at me. Stop looking at each other and finding reasons to think the wheels are going to fall off the bus. Look to me. Yep. I will be the source of all good. If, if, if I found you to be a treasure and I paid for you with my blood, if I found you to be that pearl of great price and, and I died for you, um, yeah, you're a good fish. It's all good. In the hood. You will be on the last day. Yeah. All right, I I don't know. You're driving this train. I'm good. That was okay. That was kind of yeah where I wanted to go with it. What are we doing right. next time? Do you know? Uh, I just looked it up. Where is it? Uh, we've got uh, Matthew 18, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Ooh. Hey, I I unwittingly uh, uh, spoke about that already in this one. Yeah, you were kind of you were kind of yeah. jumping ahead, but I know you're really excited to do that one. So no, I no I didn't I didn't even think about that one. I didn't even know what we were doing. Well, the story of it my was, life, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was, you know, what what did you call it? Dream casting? Vision casting? For, forecasting? Yeah. There it is. That was vision casting. Don't do that. I'm that, good at that. That's bad. No? <laughs> that's bad? All right. Good. I'm out. Are uh, we out? <laughs>
Here's a little song I wrote. Might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Ooh. 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 Ooh.